Hello and welcome to Red Shirts, a podcast about Star Trek. I'm your host, Jake Donaldson, and I'm joined by my co-host, Nathan Thomas. And no, Matty Frankie Churchhouse this week, because uh, she has gone away on a five-year mission of her own uh, to go and climb up some mountains somewhere in the Middle East. So uh, instead, we are joined by our special guests for the week, our special guest hosts. It's Sophia and Adrian from the Where's Beverly podcast. So without further ado, let's engage. Hi, thanks for having us. Thanks. Um, for the uh, for the listeners, uh, as I said, you you guys are the host of your own Star Trek podcast called Where's Beverly, um, which I think sounds absolutely mad, but also brilliant. Because <laughs> if I get correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a podcast where you look at episodes of Star Trek Picard and then uh, try to work out what Beverly Crusher might be doing at any point during those episodes. Is that is that about it? It yeah, is, yeah, but I think there much. should be a cat. There's a caveat that we get kind of crazy with our theories. So it's, it's very, it's very tongue in cheek. Beverly is, you know, heckling theater audiences. She's having tea with Amelia Earhart in the Bermuda Triangle. Like we, we just, we just know she's not in Picard. And so we try and just, you know, give alternate. And does your, does your audience ever, ever do what we do? What will we get a couple of times where they go, you're not taking Star Trek seriously enough. Um, which which we, we've got tweets to that effect that we point out that our tagline is three comedians watch Star Trek. It's not, it's not billed as the most serious watching. Yeah. No, we get a know. lot of messages saying, well, I think Beverly Crusher is here. No, I think Beverly Crusher is here. <laughs> we, we've got a couple people being like, she's gone, she's dead, she, you know, stop talking about where she is because she's gone forever. And we're like, guys, this is like just a fun little side hustle. Let's yeah. keep and, it light. You're like, sort of like, uh, and, and Maddie, if you're listening to this, how many of those accounts are you in different mustaches? That sounds like the thing. <laughs> you, you'll agree with this, Jake. This is what our co-host would do, wouldn't it? She'd create about 100 different spam accounts that she could forward her pet yeah. theory. Not that she's ever done that. <laughs> I, I love the sound of your show. It, it, you sound like you're basically the Where's Waldo of Star Trek podcasts, which is, yep. <laughs> I, I think is excellent. Yep. I'm... I'm uh, so we'll uh, we'll talk more about your podcast as we go, but we've got you here uh, not just to plug your own work, but to be part of the Red Shirts team, which means that we have to look at an episode of Star Trek. Um, now you, I, Do you have I don't to say you... that so reluctantly, Jake? <laughs> <laughs> look, we've, we've done 90 odd of these episodes now, and I'm, I'm, to be honest with you, I don't even like Star Trek anymore. <laughs> Tell us how true. you really I, feel. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to retract that comment, Jake. Otherwise, I do, I, otherwise the, the comments will be angry with us. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, listeners. I promise I, I do like Star Trek still most of the time. Um, we, we, no, we, I'm, I'm happy today because we're, we're looking, as, as regular listeners will know, I, over the course of the last year, have become a Voyager stan. Um, and uh, whenever we have guests on the podcast, we always ask them uh, to choose an episode for us to watch. Uh, and this week is no exception, and you've chosen a Voyager episode, um, and I'm really excited about it. Uh, so what we'll do is uh, I'll get I'll, I'll we'll we'll name the episode. I'll get Nathan to describe it, and then we'll talk about why you chose it. Okay. Um, so without further ado, would you like to tell everybody which episode of Voyager you've chosen? We chose Voyager episode night. 
Yes, Knight. It's season five, episode one. Uh, I'm very excited about this one. Uh, so, Nathan, would you like to describe the plot of Knight in your patented manner, please? Yes, I'm very excited for this one, and you'll know you'll know why as soon as I get into it. Oh, are you doing the voice? Harry again? Kim and Tom Bad Paris oh. are defending the Earth from the scourge of Chaotica <laughs> when the Doctor interrupts. Um, <laughs> the crew suddenly start having a fight, which blows out the holodeck power grid. On the bridge, Seven reports to Chakotay that there are almost no stars. Voyager remains alone. Chakotay and the staff report no changes, everything is fine, but everyone is going stir-crazy. Neelix suggests creating a third holodeck for rotating crew assignments. Oh, and um, Chakotay, the captain has been somewhat isolated. It would be nice if she would be about, you know. Desolate region is going to take nearly two years to cross, and the crew are... Dismayed. Um, that's that's one word for it. And as Chakotay sits in the big chair and looks out in the blackness, he knows how they feel. Neelix is in his quarters, wakes with a start, orders a cup of tea, and continues to be agitated. Tom and Balana start fighting, and um, as they're going mad through an inability to schedule anything or any time meaning anything. <laughs> when Neelix tells them off, he starts to hyperventilate, and the Doctor begins to treat him with drugs and a lecture on the unrelenting horror of the void, uh, which you know. One of those things helps. Uh, <laughs> Tuvok is in astrometrics, meditating, which Seven interrupts. He suggests Borg re regeneration. It's more efficient. Also, they start to detect large amount of theta radiation. Uh, Chakotay decides to inform Janeway and tries to coax her out of her malaise. It seems the choice of stranding Voyager is weighing heavily on her. She feels she made a short-sighted and selfish error all those yeah. years ago. On the bridge, a long panning shot eventually shows us Kim playing a clarinet. Tuvok appears, and Kim plays him his new concerto, Echoes of the Void, seen as there's not much else to do. And on the holodeck, Tom Paris introduces Seven to the Chaotica stories, but she rather too inefficiently deals with the threat. Uh, suddenly, Voyager drops out of warp, power begins to be lost, the whole ship is in the dark. The different groups of crew start to work together to get some lights and power back on. Chakotay finds a panicking Neelix, Seven and Tom need a way to get off the frozen uh, holodeck, and Tuvok wants to fire a t photon torpedo, when a weird alien attacks Tom Paris, and Seven has to shoot it with a holographic weapon. Chakotay and Neelix encounter a similar creature, and Janeway fires a phaser at it, causing it to retreat. Tuvok's torpedo reveals a number of ships. Janeway meets with Balana and restores emergency power. Voyager fires and gets into a brief exchange. There are 17 intruders on board and power is briefly drained before another vessel appears. Fires and sends the uh, enemies packing. The captain um, of the new arrived ship wants compensation for his ammunition and when he beams aboard he introduces himself as controller Emic. Uh, who says there are thousands of vessels uh, around. He says there's a spatial vortex, though, which will cut this whole two-year voyage through blackness thing um, uh, conveniently out of the picture uh, and make for a more interesting TV show in later episodes of this season. <laughs> Emic wants to want, wants the alien that Seven injured and says the Voyager has two hours. Then he's going to leave. Janeway wants to hear the other side of the story. The Doctor tells Janeway that the radiation has poisoned this void alien, and the alien says that the third party, the Malon, is leaking radiation into their home for no good reason. He also apologises for attacking because he was ignorant and, you know, it's just bad form to attack random people. And Janeway decides to take him home. Chakotay and Tuvok meet in the briefing room uh, because the former needs advice. They discuss the captain and the way her determination and 
present mental state might develop into a serious flaw. Voyager arrives and the alien tells his allies they are friends and then appeals for help, demanding it before he is transported away. Janeway hails controller Emic and criticizes him for dumping antimatter waste into random places. He argues, it's only one species. Janeway says, one species is enough. Also, we have a way to purify this stuff, dipshit, so uh, I'll give you that technology. And uh, But, you know, just in case that fails, Janeway is studying the vortex. Balana shows the aliens around their technology. It would solve a lot of problem, but it would put Emic out of business, so he has no willingness. You keep your solution, thank frankly. Um, Emic also claims he has more firepower, so, you know, you have to think about options. Janeway could destroy the Vortex, which would strand the crew in the voice. She, she's reluctant to make that same mistake again. Janeway asks Chakoti if he's ready to command this ship. She takes to the bridge and has a simple set of orders. Fight your way through to the Vortex, she'll follow in a shuttlecraft, destroy the Vortex, and unfortunately the crew are not willing to obey these orders. First Tom, then Harry, then Seven. It's apparent that the crew are not going anywhere with this. They could all be hanged for mutiny, but uh, better to formulate a new plan. Fire on the Malon, destroy the Vortex as they go through. Hope for the best. Uh, Chicote also admits that he pre-briefed the crew, because he'd be a lousy first officer if he didn't. Voyager is being fired upon and begins to return fire against the Malon freighter. The engines get hit. The ship is riding on inertia now. Janeway decides, well, let's destroy it and ride the shockwave out. The Malon moves to block the path, but the Void aliens manage to divert attention and Voyager unleashes a barrage before releasing the torpedoes to create the shockwaves and all hands brace for impact. After some delightful <laughs> Star Trek shake, Voyager finds itself a little short of the boundary of the void, but eventually they crest into a densely packed, pleasant and bright star system. Thank you very much, Nathan. Uh, so, guys, why did you pick Night uh, as your episode for today? That's an excellent question. Um, so, a couple of reasons. Threefold. <laughs> Number one, we really like angst. Oh, okay. We like it well, a lot. just the concept of angst. Um, just the concept of <laughs> angst. We are we are angsty people. We both, as children, used to um, our playtimes were pretending <laughs> to die, like horrible gothic Victorian deaths. So we like we like angst. Um, number two, we love. This is Janeway at her best. This is Janeway in a situation that is usually reserved for male characters, being all tough and gruff and I messed up. I'm Catherine Hepburn in <laughs> space and I'm going to go die for the crew to atone for my sins. Like it's just Catherine, it's just Janeway at her best. And number three, COVID, pandemic, yes, isolation. Yes, good point. I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say that that it feels incredibly <laughs> relevant now when you when you look at like the situation they're in at the start and they're going stir crazy and all of that. You just like, I, I suppose I hadn't I suppose I had, I hadn't thought about it like that because <laughs> in my mind like they're on this this ship all the time they're going to be stuck on it for forty years as they try and get back to the Alpha Quadrant and I you'd have thought that they would have gotten used to being stuck on a ship by now. But then I, I suppose it's the it's the change in the fact that there's nothing happening either. It's like, yeah, they're stuck on a ship, but normally there's some kind of peril or there's a planet to go to or something fun to do. But that is all not possible. And even the guys in this episode who are in the the uh, the holodeck, 
the holodeck goes wrong and they can't even enjoy the holodeck properly so they've got no stimulation whatsoever so it, i suppose it it is in many ways a lot like one of the lockdowns and also a lot like some episodes of this podcast no i mean it was really it was a it was a really well done episode i thought i thought the acting was on point um everyone's mm-hmm. characterization you're not gonna like this but i quite like neil, how neelix acted jake so, so the, right know. so just to explain <laughs> Do you to explain like to sophia and adrian I've got a picture of him on my fridge. I've got a picture of him on my fridge because you sent me a photo of him for Christmas. That, <laughs> because you know that I hate Neelix, so you, you you gave me a bowling ball for Marge as a Christmas present. It's the the I ever since we first so we've done like ninety episodes of this podcast, right? And we did Voyager. Mm-hmm. We, we did the first ever episode of Voyager Caretaker. We did that around about episode ten or something like that. Um, and I instinctively yeah. said, I I hope this Neelix character doesn't become a series regular. He's an asshole. I hate him. <laughs> and then oh, it no. became immediately obvious that he was good. Because, so for your context as well, when we started doing the podcast, I'd never seen Star Trek before. So a lot of this is me seeing things for the first time. Oh, yeah. So I, I sort of thought, oh, maybe you'll be in a few episodes and then he'll get killed off or like maybe maybe he'll, he'll be in the first series <laughs> then they'll realize they can't possibly have this stupid mad awful character in their show so they'll kill him off or something and won't bring him back for the second series and but no he's there for the whole seven years uh they they kill off other more interesting characters like Kess, but they keep him um and I, I just and i i just hate him and i can't really explain why and i any episode where he sits in a corner and cries is is good by me. So that that's why I like this episode because. Okay, can I just say I don't really like Neelix good. Thank either because you, you're a sane person. And do you oh, I know everyone hated him? People okay. like him. But do you know who he reminds me of? I don't know if you guys have ever seen Fargo the uh, TV no, show. No, I only watched the film for um, the first time like two days ago. Okay. Okay, Ooh. okay. Um, in season one, Martin yes. Freeman plays oh, a character yeah. called Lester. And I hated <laughs> Lester. He was a bumbling idiot of a human being. And I think that's a bit harsh for Neelix, but I get a little bit of Lester vibes. A little bit yeah, of Martin that, Freeman vibes. That's the, from, that's the one from where, he, where Martin Freeman does a Minnesotan accent for the whole series, doesn't he? And it like it, it, it's just creepy, and I don't like it. Like I find anyone doing an accent that isn't their accent, it looks, it just feels like it feels like some sort of sorcery to me. Where like if, if someone opens their mouth and then a voice that doesn't look like it should belong to that person comes out, I'm like, this is like, where's the ventriloquist in the room? This is creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get what you mean though I think Neelix has got this kind of disconcerting energy where you're kind of like all the way through it mm-hmm. all the way through Voyager I've been kind of sat there going at the end of season 7 is it going to turn out that this was all Neelix's fault and he's some kind of like secret supervillain <laughs> who's manufactured the entire plot of the series <laughs> because he wants some friends because he's sad and like which does feel like the kind of thing he'd do to be fair <laughs> But is he worse than Flocks, though? Yeah, but Flocks is just sort of a... 
Phlox is a non-character. He doesn't do anything. He just sort of sits around and is the... I mean, look, if there's one thing that I hate more than Neelix, it's the entire concept of Star Trek Enterprise. So, um, like... <laughs> And Nathan agrees with me on this. We sort of hate Enterprise between us, but we keep watching it for the podcast because Maddie mm-hmm. is obsessed with Trip and T'Pol. Um, so we we have. <laughs> I know. I know that a guest has never requested yeah. Enterprise, right? Like, like no guest has ever. Because uh, to to poke behind the curtains, sometimes sometimes there are reasons for shuffling around guest episodes or or changing. Uh, some of the things, and every uh, there was a guest who, who who wanted to do something quite recent, so we we, we, we kind of vetoed that. But um, otherwise, the, the the guests have often requested DS Nine and Voyager Middle Age Trek. They've often requested very recent things or TOS things. They have <laughs> never, not one person has ever requested Enterprise, and. And whenever I, whenever we poll listeners on what you think we should be do next, Enterprise never comes <laughs> up and wins. Like this is this is purely. I can only conclude we enjoy the suffering, <laughs> Jake, because there's no one asking us to do it, and yet we keep the, watching. We, it. we have a guest um, coming up in the next couple of weeks who's never seen any Star Trek before, and they said, "No, you may <laughs> they not." They said, can, "Can you choose an episode for me to watch?" And uh, and I was. And I've been nice and I've given them a good episode, but my temptation was to give them the worst episode of uh, Star Trek Enterprise possible. And then just what I want to do is find out what their their reaction to Faith of the Heart is, because, because <laughs> I hate Faith of the Heart more than I hate anything else in my life. Um, and I think... Anyone who comes into Star Trek expecting it to be do 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 do, and then they what they get is Russell Watson singing a song in a faux American accent and crying about a space shuttle, and like it's it's not it's 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 the opposite of what I want. But I want to force essentially what I want to do is force my comedian friends to watch stuff that I hate just so that I feel vindicated in hating it. Um, anyway, what. Night. Anyway, yes, let's night. talk about this episode. Um, so, I I think this is a really good episode. I'm really glad that you guys chose it. Um, I would. Uh, I I think you're right that it's a really strong uh, showing of what Captain Janeway can be like in this show. Um, and Janeway is fast becoming my second favorite captain after Picard, uh, but she's nearly nearly up there with Picard to be honest. Um, and I think she's great in this. And like you said, she gets to do this sort of uh, what would normally be a kind of brooding male character. She gets to do that and doesn't play it like in a weird kind of like, Oh, isn't it strange that, you know, I'm a woman and I'm feeling feelings that aren't like, you know, I'm going to have a baby or whatever. Like she, she, (laughs) she plays it like an actual human being, which is great. Um, And I I, I like the way they used Chakotay to kind of underline that a bit. You know, Mm -hmm. in the staff meeting when he goes, she can can run this damn ship any way she wants. Just like, um, you know, it's... I don't think it's quite a... I don't know, this is definitely subtext, but there's a subtext of of the kind of like, no, just because she's a woman, she doesn't have to go around being your emotional crush, actually. She can do what she likes. I can't decide... (laughs) I can't you know, decide if he's doing that because Chakotay is a feminist queen and uh, he deserves to have all of all of our praises lauded on him, or if it's because he wants to bang her. Yes, uh, and because uh, both, both, yeah, be true. both. I think it's both definitely that he's, <laughs> he, he, wants, he wants to get. 
He wants her to be queen of the galaxy and built yeah. her back. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Ultimate jo- boyfriend, Chakotay. <laughs> yeah, in that episode where they get trapped on uh, on a planet together and he starts like building a whole life for them. Um, and you can see in his eyes that he's just like, this is all I've ever wanted. And, and I, 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 yeah, I like that about their relationship. And in this episode, you see him get to be kind mm-hmm. of like sort of the the doting partner almost even though they're not in a relationship you kind of see him stand up for her when she's not around which i think is like that, that's something that you don't often see especially in uh in sort of this what we call middle-aged trek the track that came out in the 90s um mm. it's often very sort of male heavy kind of like action star kind of i'm gonna go and save the day situation there's never very much of someone being like i respect your feelings and uh, this is an episode about that um but i think that is exactly what it is also i'd like to point out to the listeners that um during that conversation the reason i tailed off slightly is because i got distracted by sophia's cat coming onto the screen (laughs) and her not even like looking at the cat just pushing it out of the way (laughs) empress elizabeth of austria wants her time to (laughs) oh my god is that your cat's name because that is an excellent name for a cat (laughs) Oh yes! Oh, she's yeah. such a good cat. Yeah, putting it's putting Jethro yeah, my cat's to called, shame. Jay. My cat's called Jethro, and all he ever does in these podcasts is he, he never turns up in the middle of the screen or anything like that. He just comes, sits next to me, and then does a shit on the floor and then runs away again. <laughs> That's all he ever does in these podcasts. Oh, yes. No, he's a, he's a lovely cat, but he's an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Aren't they? And he's all? named like a certain. <laughs> 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 he, d- he has the demeanor of a Serbian war girl, want- to be fair. Oh, this is excellent. Oh, yeah, sorry, this will now. happen. Uh, <laughs> we're nominally a podcast about Star Trek, but often it just we get sidetracked by talking about random shit. The only rule is that we're not allowed to talk about Star Wars, and that's literally the only rule. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's okay. No, last episode, Adrian and I, were, we were talking about the second episode of Picard, and we got into which Star Trek male character would buy you tampons <laughs> when questions asked. And that went on for like oh, 20 right. minutes. Oh, no, yeah. that's this, is, this is a good question. Yeah. What, what, what did you, it went what on did for you come a while. up to at the end? What was your... What did you conclude? Oh, Chakotay. Right off the bat, Chakotay's yeah. up here. Um, Paris, yeah. we didn't mention because Captain Mediocre Paris has no, <laughs> like, no place in yeah, our podcast. We hate Paris as um, well. And Worf, would, said... Worf would buy you tampons, but he would kill the clerk <laughs> on his way out yes. of the corner store. Jordy would buy the wrong ones, but he'd try. <laughs> What, just because yeah, he, yeah, yeah, just yeah, he yeah, can't see what he's what buying, he turns do. up and he, he thinks he's buying yeah. them, but he's actually come back with like panty liners or something. <laughs> like data, data would be inappropriate in trying to customize your like your your request. It's like I took like, the liberty he'd list of every you. possible feminine hygiene <laughs> product and ask you, you know, is this two percent to this or you know everything? He would ask. He would ask you everything yeah. in great detail that everyone Captain would be Ar- Captain Archer would <laughs> put you in the brig while you were on your period because he's essentially just like one of these like old fashioned like. 1930s dads who, who who hates the idea that women are women um he because yeah. he hates women we know that from the way he treats to paul even even you even for you i think this projection <laughs> uh, 
objection. That does seem a bit harsh, but I'll allow it. 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 I I do think that it would be Chakotay, though. It's a very good question, and it is very much in the scope of the kind of things that we talk about on this show. (laughs) um, To get back to Knight... Sorry, go on, Nathan. Yeah, my opinion of... I was just trying to segue and say that I think my opinion of Chakotay has increased in this episode. What did you hate him uh, before? I haven't watched much of Voyager. You were racist. No, no, think. no. He just hadn't made much impression. He was kind of like a, a fairly... I don't know. Because we haven't... I've only really watched bits of Voyager before, mm-hmm. and then the only Voyager I watch now is podcast stuff, and I don't think we've really done any episodes we haven't, that have focused no. on him, yeah. to my memory. We've done stuff that's focused on the Doctor and on Janeway... Uh, we've done some Harry Kim other, things, but we've not we? really done much. Yeah, we've done a lot where he's been quite sidelined. So it was yeah, nice that's true. And more, there's that bit at the end of the episode where um, where Janeway says, "Are you ready to captain this ship to Chakotay?" And he says, "Yes." Um, and I think I thought that was really interesting because it's we we know that Chakotay doesn't want to have to say goodbye to the captain, but he still. Like says yes, I'll take over, and yes, I'll I'm ready to do this, and and it you get this sense of like this conflict between his duty and his emotional con- connection with the crew and the mission and with Janeway herself, mm. um, and I think that's a really interesting contradiction that they wouldn't normally bother with in something like like a 45 minute episode of TV from 1997, like um, which mm. which I really loved about this. Um, I think, yeah, all the way through, Chakotay serves as the sort of the the kind of acceptable face of what Janeway wishes she could be doing, uh, but can't because she's dealing with this depression that she's got. Um, I would like to talk about that scene where he goes into Janeway's ready room, mm-hmm. and uh, when Janeway is in silhouette at the end of the room, and you don't really know what's going on. And I, I love the way that it's been shot because it feels like it feels like they're going to reveal that she's got some horrible disfiguration or something like that, or she's maybe like got. I I thought she was going to have the phage or something like that from uh, like, and, and it was, she was going to have been horri- horribly disfigured. And then then she just pulls out of the shadows in the same scene, and she looks normal. But like you can just tell that she's not she's not well somehow um and i thought that was a really good directorial choice by the the director who who did the episode because they could have just you know shown her in light and been like oh yeah i'm sad and i'm i'm not having a nice day but they they chose to do that reveal but then the reveal isn't anything if you see what i mean like it's like they're going oh here's a big reveal of janeway's face and it's just normal like that's like I think that's really cool. Um, I, I think there's loads of examples of that in this episode. And then, and I think that's sort of the point is that they wanted to play with the idea of light and dark and that like that sort of chiaroscuro kind of thing. Um, and they do that through that scene and they do it in the scenes where all the power's cut and there's only the like flashlights and things that are lighting the way. And there's a lot of that kind of, that, that kind of vibe there. And I think that's really interesting for a first episode of a season to, to, it, it shows like this mad confidence that they have to just go, you know what? It's the first episode of a season and we're going to do an episode where nothing exists, like where there's literally no, there's, mm-hmm. there's no context to the ship. It's just in nothing, literally and that's how we're going to open this series. We're not going to do a big, exciting open. We're going to do a slightly 
off-kilter kind of almost like a horror show kind of uh episode which i thought yeah. was great then and then they, they've obviously done that and then realized that that's a bit too much and then they've gone uh let's put captain proton in as well um <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Don't, don't come at me with Captain yeah. Proton. Bride of Chaos was one of my favourite episodes. And yeah, we, we did Bride of Chaos. It's about the only situation in Tom in, in which Tom Paris is good at anything. Yeah, when, when he's, he's pretending, pretending to be somebody um, is. Yeah. <laughs> I, we did Bride of Chaotica on the podcast about a year ago and um, it was so much fun and we, we enjoyed it so much but I didn't realise that um, it, it came up in other episodes so like when I started watching this one today and then it opens with uh, Captain Proton and I was like oh my god it's this is amazing I'm so glad and then I was disappointed when when, it's, <laughs> when the Doctor turned up and I was like get out of the way Doctor you're fucking ruining this I want to watch more crazy robots <laughs> I mean, okay. I also like the argument they had where it was like, um, uh, you know, this is because I felt like it was poking fun a bit at the way like TNG tends to justify its holodeck nonsense, where it's like, oh, I'm doing important research. It's like, this is important sociological research. And the doctor's response is basically like, yeah, of course it is. Why don't you write a book about it? Yeah. <laughs> Him saying this is sociological research is like the same as when you're trying to like excuse the fact that your mum's found you in bed with like your girlfriend when you're like teen- a teenager and you go yeah we're doing biology homework actually like <laughs> <laughs> okay but what did you guys think about because i know sophia has sophia and i really enjoyed the scene later in the holodeck yes. where seven shows up yeah well i mean seven <laughs> is my favorite character in all of star trek because uh she is a, a queen and is amazing um and Thank That's you. not the only yeah. reason, though, is it? You're <laughs> trying to avoid to telling our good, our, our good friends about hashtag Look, sexy just because space I created... But, you know, I will give you this chance to explain hashtag sexy space show. <laughs> I'm doing it. Hashtag um, sexy space show is a concept that I'm trying to push Alex Kurtzman to create. Um, and it's a, it's a spin-off series where you just get all of the sexiest characters from Star Trek in one show. Um, and... Like it, it, so it's it's basically just. Is it like the bachelor on a, ship? <laughs> on a starship? That would be brilliant. <laughs> At the end of every episode, like <laughs> one person just hands out a tricorder to the person that they want to. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, yes. Yeah. It, I, to be honest, I've never thought more about the con, like the actual format of sexy space no. show. It's just at this point, it's just like. A desert island that's full of sexy people, but in space. Um, and it started mm-hmm. with uh, just being Jerry Ryan on her own, um, and then it has expanded to include several other people, including David Ajala, uh, who um, who we met at Destination Star Trek. And he is, I'm not a gay man, but like I was incredibly sort of, I don't know, just intrigued by his entire presence when we met him. He has. He had a smell that made me feel like I was special. Um, <laughs> but go on, you were explaining that you liked that scene and we, we interrupted to talk about yeah, Jake's, Jake's I, I think that, Ryan. I think but, that scene is so know. cool. Like, what, what, what about it is it that you think is makes it particularly excellent? Oh, besides... I, I agree that Seven of Nine is the best character She's so in all good. of Star Trek history. Um... I, Sophia also has it, it's also twofold for Sophia 
oh, you know, she's the sexy <laughs> person. Um, however, I, I was, so, and I was told specifically by somebody, Adrian, um, that I wasn't allowed to choose a Seven of Nine episode for your podcast because we talk too much about her. Um, but, and by we, I mean There me. is no too much. <laughs> she sent me multiple text messages and voice messages that just say, um, what is it? About the president? What? Did, oh, and now I can't believe I've forgotten oh, it. Nothing but respect for my president. Yes. So I, after, after episode two of Picard, I got all these texts oh, saying, yeah. I'm going to say one thing, nothing but respect for my president. I was like, time out. Go stand in the corner. That's it. Make the Federation great again, guys. For, uh, <laughs> four episodes, I get 10 minutes of each episode where I'm just allowed to talk about how amazing and wonderful Seven of Nine is. Um, and my my time is dwindling because Adrian's catching on. Um, but no, this I just love that. Like it's all these boys having fun in the hollow deck, and Seven of Nine just comes in and is like, "I'm Borg." Yeah, I, I, like this is, this is dumb. Like, cool. and I just I just really I really like that. Like I I identify with that. I respect <laughs> that. Um, it's like the girl coming in on like a bunch of guys D and D campaign being like, mm, nah. I, I really like the um, the scene between her and Tuvok in this episode as well, where because uh, I love the the sort of it. I was going to say juxtaposition, but it's not even because they're the, it's like the same. They're they're two very kind of sort of <laughs> automaton esque characters, like very sort of military kind of staunch characters who come together and but there's they try to they essentially have an argument without raising their voices at all and. Uh, and she comes in and is like, ah, what you're doing, this meditation is rubbish. You should do a Borg thing. And then he's like, maybe he's, he's actually quite passive aggressive about it. He's like, yeah, maybe I'll do that again in the future. Like, he's like, yeah. Maybe. I mean, everyone on Voyager in this episode, but probably in general, Voyager is one of the snarkiest ships. In, I think in so. The fleet. Like, you know, there's, there's every, like, this quick rundown of lines. There's the doctor when he emerges in the holodeck screaming and he just goes, the same to you. <laughs> and then, then you've got that line with two Vork. And, There's also uh, the bit when the doctor and uh, and Tom Paris are trying to keep changing the the holodeck controls and they're just like there's that shot of them all just pressing buttons together and it's, it essentially turns into like them going like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Should we talk about knights? Um, yeah, yeah. Is there anything else we want to say about knight? Because uh, we're rapidly closing to the. I mean, there's probably loads yeah. we want to say. What, is there any but, uh, any key points that you want to bring up, guys, about about this episode that you feel like we haven't talked about very much? Because I feel bad because yes. you, I feel like we've monopolized um, the conversation slightly, and you guys haven't had a chance to talk very much. So uh, I would like to get some stuff that you've said, so we can edit me out and put you in. Well, I have a very important point, and this is that this is one step below uh, the Janeway tank top episode. This is the Janeway yes, t-shirt it is. episode. It's sort of like, because uh, the, the, she's got that kind of t-shirt, but like with a cinched in waist thing going on. It's quite a cool look, I think. It looks... Whereas Chakotay oh, is just I've wearing just, an oversized tank. I've just tanks. found the tank top pictures. I'm looking for <laughs> oh, no. this episode. Oh, oh my goodness. If you Wikipedia microcosms, it uh, the Wikipedia page at the bottom says this episode is notable for Cat for Catherine Janeway wearing a tank top. <laughs> tank top Janeway can go in hashtag sexy space show, definitely. 
she's she's the head. I've never seen The Bachelor, but if there's like a head <laughs> Bachelor person that like sits on a throne and is like throwing roses at people, that's Tank Top Janeway. So I've she's just, she's the Bachelor competing for all the sexy about. people. And it is it is is not subtle. <laughs> like it's this is the verbatim quote of of the point you were just referring to. In this episode, Janeway wears a, uh, uh, sorry. In this episode, a sweaty Janeway wears a tank top and carries a big space rifle, as opposed to a usual usual uniform. There is even hand-to-hand combat with a knife against the macro virus. No other explanation. No other like thing from the Wikipedia editor there saying why that's notable. It's just like we all know. We all know what we're there for now. But clearly, a fourteen-year-old. Girl or boy, yeah. wrote this and probably yeah. wrote that yeah. episode. I'm so, I'm mad they beat me to it. <laughs> that that episode is <laughs> one of those weird ones where I think the plot is terrible, but it's got some great moments in it. Because Nathan won't have seen it. Mm-hmm. It's a it's an episode about a virus that that gets big. Essentially, is the <laughs> that, that's essentially the plot. There's a little. <laughs> There's a little, there's oh, a little no, virus, and then it turns into a big <laughs> virus that chases people around and eats their faces. Um, <laughs> And then, yeah, Janeway has to put the temperature up loads, so she gets all sweaty and runs around in a tank top with a gun and starts shooting at things and actually nearly dies at one point. So it's quite... Actually, it's a good episode. We should watch that episode, Nathan. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Anything else you want to bring up? Um, Because I feel like you've only enhanced my life by pointing out uh, t-shirt and then tank top. So and- the natural <laughs> progression of that is that there should be like a bra Janeway episode, like a sports bra Janeway episode. No, now you're doing. <laughs> now you're on sexy space show again. <laughs> if you head over to like archive of our own, you can have like there's definitely oh, a couple bra yeah. Janeways. <laughs> An archive of our own will be less than that as well. It's like that um, episode of The Simpsons where. Um, uh, comic book guys trying to download Star Trek porn and it's it's just a picture of Janeway and it's slowly revealing and then an, an ad pops up where her breasts would be and says internet king have you guys got anything else that you want to bring up before I move on to our important questions I think I, I said my bit about the tank top Janeway yeah so t-shirt Janeway is great <laughs> I will say I will say this. I was watching it earlier and Mm -hmm. my husband came in and he just sat down on the couch and he's never seen an episode of Voyager, but Mm -hmm. he has watched TNG with me. Mm -hmm. And Chakotay was also in like this oversized gray t-shirt. And my husband just says, what is this guy doing in a t-shirt? That's not Starfleet (laughs) issue. (laughs) And then he just like left again. And I was just you, like, what that what that means, Adrian, is that you've yes. got the perfect husband. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, shout out to your husband. That's great. <laughs> I um, I I loved uh, some of the sort of uniform choices when they decide that they don't need to put uniform on in in Star Trek because sometimes it's just like, oh, here's a t shirt, yeah, like a normal person, and then sometimes it's like. Yeah, and then, the, and then you see Neelix in his room in, the, in this episode when he wakes up and he's terrified of the dark and he's wearing this weird jumper that looks like it's been like knitted together from the hides of three different animals. We should move on to our big questions, the important questions that we ask every week. So for the listeners' uh, point of view, um, we... The listeners will know what we're about to ask because we ask the same questions every week. But uh, I want them. I think it's important for them to know that neither of you have heard what these questions are going to be yet. Um, and I can only apologise in advance. <laughs> right? 
so the first question is um <laughs> is the the fez question which is who in this episode would you most like to see wearing a fez right so we we we're, well, I can't Google remember reference? how it started, right? But essentially what happened is, at some point during the podcast, Maddie made a joke about how it would look funny for a character to just turn up wearing a fez, and then it'd just not be explained. And, <laughs> and since then, it's become a feature where we've asked about 40 episodes of us going, yeah, I think that Chakotay would look good in a fez. Yeah, the questions are in are in reverse order. The, the last question we've been asking for since episode one. So the yeah. first is the newest of the questions, but it's still 40-odd episodes but yeah, old. But it, it still stands. Who in this episode do you think it would be best to see wearing a fez? So it can either be because you think it'll genuinely suit them, or it could be that you think it would be really funny just for, like, you know, one of the night aliens... This is my answer, by the way. One of the night aliens just when... I. I think the first time that they shine a light and then you see the alien, like, and, it, and if, the, if the alien was just wearing a fez, yeah, with a little tassel over his eyes. Oh, I love that. My first yes. thought was that scene when you were saying that, like, you wanted Jane when to turn around and have something on her face. She just turns around yes, and just puts that on is a good. fez. That is good. Yes. I, I think that might be better than the, than the night aliens, actually. The only other thing I can think of That's is, excellent. you know, the bit where um, Chakotay decides that he's going to use one of the photon torpedoes as a flare to light up whatever's around them. If he sent the flare out and then rather than seeing three unidentified spaceships, if there was just one massive floating fez in space, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I would love that. Um, interesting, by the way, uh, just as a side note um, about photon torpedoes, um, they fire... I think it is something like 12 photon torpedoes in this episode alone. Um, and someone's worked out that in series one, Chakotay says that there's an uh, an unreplaceable complement of 38 photon torpedoes that, that they have. Uh, and this marks the 42nd use of a photon torpedo across all of... <laughs> so they're suddenly <laughs> magically making photon torpedoes from somewhere. Um the second question is uh, the Klim question. So uh, a Klim is a space Karen. Uh, so who in this episode is most likely to speak to the manager? It's, it's not, not a very, it's not a very Karen episode, heavy episode. Normally there's one character you think, yeah, they're definitely being a Karen. Oh, yes. Alana. Yes. She is pissed. Oh, she is yeah. pissed about no. that guy. They have to do that whole song and dance routine. She is pissed. Yeah. She, she is wants to talk Karen-y to the manager. This, actually. actually, in general... Yeah, she goes like that's not important right now. And she she is in a bad mood this entire like she woke up on the wrong side. I don't know what's going on with her. But she's grumpy throughout the whole thing, more so than usual. I think the only other person that you could maybe count as being a bit Karenish in this episode is uh, this th- this guy uh, Empk or whatever his name is the um, the the evil space baddie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Guy, yeah. And I, I know for a fact that if Maddie was here, she'd be referring to him as a melon for the entire episode. So, um, <laughs> but because Maddie's, Maddie's yes. humor is very root one direct in some cases, where she'll go, "That sounds like melon. I'm going to call him a melon." Um, <laughs> we should be careful. No, I, 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 hope, I hope she does. I, so I, lo- I, lo- I love that. Well, that, the, the whole Picard episode, Stardust City Rag, I only referred to the villain as the Jazzle. Refused to call yeah. her anything else. In fact, I don't remember what her actual name is at this yeah, point. Yeah. It's the I'm Jazzle. I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, we, we, we'll move on to our final question, which is the question we've been asking since day one. Um, and I apologize in advance, but who in this episode is most likely to have tried to suck their own cock? Brave of you my, to ask my, my. really important questions. <laughs> no, you know what? We've been asking that question every week for 90 weeks, and no one's ever called us out on how much of a bullshit question it is until now. <laughs> My favourite oh. response from a guest was uh, Izzy, yeah. she just went, okay, so. Yeah, she was like, I've got three options. She was well in. She was, she was just like unfazed by it. Um, I just, I'm ready. Have you guys ever seen um, yeah, Always Sunny it. in Philadelphia? Charlie yeah. with his Pepe <laughs> Sylvia wall? That's what I got going on in my brain with this. <laughs> <laughs> who, who would you think uh, off the top of your head? It's difficult because there aren't that many new characters in this episode. <sighs> so we have to go with maybe someone from the crew, which is always a little bit less fun. But. Oh no, it's definitely the crew. And now I'm just ranking the crew of who is most to least likely to suck <laughs> their own dick. Janeway's always at the top for me. I was actually yeah. going to say Janeway. Like, what else is she doing yeah, yeah. in that room? That's, that's why she. What is she? You're, you're right. That's you're why she's in right. darkness at yeah. the start. She doesn't want Chakotay to turn the lights on. <laughs> She's doing that, and she's crafting yeah. fests. And you know, and you know what? Power to her. <laughs> <laughs> but like that scene that we just praised, how awful would it be? Crap, <laughs> fest, just... massive erection at a. Oh fest. my god! Oh, that's a, that's an image that will be in my dreams tonight. <laughs> just... You're welcome. Yeah. yeah, we called you out on it, yeah. and we made you uncomfortable. I mean, my suggestion was going to be Chaotica. I feel like Chaotica's Chaotica's definitely had a go, and I I feel. But this is with a caveat. Yeah, but Chaotica failed, and then just did his. <laughs> the sad thing about Chaotica is he probably could manage it if he didn't have that ridiculous neck thing on, like like that collar stops him. From doing it. I think um, the the sad answer to this is that um, Satan's robot really wants to, and he dreams of doing it, but he can't because he doesn't have a neck. <laughs> so he's he's just it's just like a really sad moment where he's like, that's why he's evil. He's he would actually be quite a nice guy, but he just he, he can't so he can't bend over and suck his own robot penis, and that's why he's trying to take over the world. It's really sad, actually. I don't Ooh, think I've ever felt so sad about such an uncomfortable <laughs> scenario before. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, yeah, I did, that's what Philip K. Dick was right about, wasn't it? It's like, uh, do, do androids dream of being able to suck their own dicks? That's, uh, <laughs> look, this... And on that note, would you like to promote your podcast? <laughs> we can't promote their podcast immediately off the back off. <laughs> No, I know. That's good press. No such thing as bad news. <laughs> that, although I think we, if you like robot sucking, although dicks, I think we get a. I think we have found the answer Beverly. to where's Beverly though. In, in, in the answer, the eternal answer is <laughs> sucking around dick, right? <laughs> but um, that, will that is? I mean, it's not really a very good segue, but it's the one I'm going for. Um, <laughs> exactly. It is a segue. So, it, it has, has the shape of a yeah, segue. It's, it's it really adjacent. <laughs> is it penis shaped? <laughs> I mean, everything is penis shaped to me. That's uh, that, uh, 
So before we go, uh, let's just uh, let's check in and, and find out what where where people can find you. What where can they get your podcast? What's it called? What give us a, an elevator pitch of the podcast again so that uh, people can uh, know where to go. So we're Where's Beverly? We're a weekly podcast. Right now we're covering season two of Picard. Um, and we um, drop new episodes every Wednesdays. They're available wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Instagram at Where's Bev, Twitter at Where's Beverly, or Gmail. Send us your fanfic recommendations, pictures <laughs> of your cat to Where's Beverly at gmail.com. Thank you very much. I uh, will absolutely be taking you up on the pictures of my cats section of that. Uh, <laughs> You'll be getting so many pictures of <laughs> Slavic warlord Jethro. Um, but, uh, <laughs> That's why we have email. I, Seriously. I, I will absolutely send you pictures of my cat. Do not worry about that. <laughs> Um, that's, Thank you. That, that's brilliant. I'm I'm definitely going to start listening to the podcast properly now because uh, I love the idea. Um, and I think we're going to we're doing a cross promotion. I think we're going to we're going to guest on your show at some point in the near future as well, which will be really fun. Mm -hmm. So keep mm -hmm. an ear out for that. Um, I, I was going to say keep an eye out, but it felt wrong. But then I don't. You got you don't listen to when the podcasts turn up. There's not a podcast bugle that sounds when a new podcast comes. There should be. There should yeah. be. There should be. We, we, there should Oh yay, oh yay. <laughs> On this day, the following podcasts have been released. <laughs> just a really sad <laughs> Joe Rogan. Uh, <laughs> he can't <laughs> he's been thrown off it, the he's been thrown off <laughs> we're, we're, we're gonna say goodbye then but uh thank you so much for coming out again it's sophia and adrian from uh, the where's beverly podcast you guys have been great thank you have a round of applause um we're we, we'll be back as red shirts next week with another guest uh, i don't know who we've got on next but uh we've got loads of guests lined up uh until maddie comes back from her five-year mission uh of being uh cooler than everyone else in the world um <laughs> then we'll have loads of fun guests we've got comedians we've got podcast hosts we've got streamers uh, we've got all sorts of fun people joining us, so stay tuned for that. It's going to be great. Uh, all that's left to say, though, is uh, you can follow us on social media at RedShirtsCast on Twitter and Instagram. I've taken over the Instagram while Maddie's away, so it will be less good. Um, but other than that... <laughs> You can contact us via email, redshirtscast at gmail.com. Send us uh, pictures of your cats as well. That would be great. Uh, but also fanfic recommendations if you want to talk about anything we've raised in the show. Uh, if you want to uh, suggest an episode you'd like us to watch, you can get in touch via that um, as well. Also, uh, I'm doing a stand-up comedy show at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival this year. and Tickets go on sale shortly. Uh, so if you search Jake Donaldson Neurotica, which is the name of my show, uh, then you'll be able to see when that's coming out. I can't give you any details right now, but that's exciting. Uh, so look out for that as well uh, other than that live long and prosper and goodbye goodbye